everyone dreams of living an uncommon life. And the best asset you have to achieve your dreams is you. Welcome to the Uncommon Wealth Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living uncommonly. We're also going to give you some tools and strategies for building wealth and for pursuing an uncommon path that is uniquely right for you. Hello, everybody. You're listening to an episode of the Uncommon Wealth Podcast, where I'm your host, Philip Ramsey. And I'm Aaron Kramer. Just Aaron and I today. Yep. Get us. Which is pretty much your guys' favorite listening. Right? I think so. I hope so. It's in my head. Honestly, we need to do a way better job of the analytics on this thing, but I'm sure millions of people are listening by now. Oh, yeah, because we're just super... My, my mom and dad. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. But my daughter listens to it. There we go. And she does. She does. Like, we'll, we'll like hear her. Like, she'll be in her room and has a little eco or whatever mm-hmm. the thing is called. I had it going. Shout out to your daughter. Yeah. Good All job, right. Elena. Uh, well, today we're going to talk about something that's, I'm freaking hyped up on Mountain Dew Chip. Um, and it's a book that you have told me to read for at least a year and a half. It's been a little while because I love the book so yeah. much as well. And so I finally. I, I got to be honest with you. You actually just bought it for me and you bought it in the audio form because you and I are more audio book kind of guys. Yep. Okay. Uh, but today we're just talking about it because it was that impactful. I loved it. It is like the perfect book for uncommon wealth. In fact, if anybody's going to jump off the proverbial bridge, like we talk about, you should be reading chop wood, carry water. You sure, you sure should by Joshua Metcalf. Yes. Amazing book because what would you say the synopsis in your head is? And I'll give you mine. Synopsis. I mean, basically, it, it's going to teach you how to just tackle life and see how you need to be seeing it. And yeah. in today's world, it's going to be the exact opposite because you feel like you get clips just of success all the time from other people. But this is the book tells you and it goes through it in a perfect way. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into it. But like, and it's like a, a story of like how to just prepare to, just to love the journey. Yep. Yep. Finding joy in the journey, finding joy in the process, and finding that the t- the little things that you do great add up to be something even yeah. bigger. But it's not about the end goal of getting on top of the mountain. It's about the small incremental things and finding joy in that. Yeah. Okay. So that's the story. That's the premise. And it's we're going to call it uh, parable, if you will. Yeah. Um, I think that's not really the exact word of it, but the premise of it is there's an individual who's always wanted to be a samurai archer. Him and his brother. Him and his brother. His brother gets in a car accident. And that part of it was like kind of weird for me because it's a parable. So I didn't know how much was like true and not, but yeah. So, uh, but the, the standpoint is like him and his brother both get in a car accident, but like his brother ends up getting paralyzed mm-hmm. waist down. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and I know, remember the doctors telling him, you know, you know what it's like for a, a marathon runner to run a race. And that's how, like this individuals every day. Like every this day. is like your brother's every yep. day. So like just the normal, like living is, is kind of like him running a marathon. Yeah. Every day. So it takes a lot of time. So anyway, his name is John that is actually healed from the accident, goes over to Japan and goes to the samurai school to become a samurai archer. Hold on. You got back up. Cause I, we just talked about this before we <laughs> yeah. got on air. My point that, okay, this is going to tell you how geeky I am. Cause of the kind of movies I like, but the hook point for these two brothers, why he wanted to be a samurai was cause of Jackie Chan. <laughs> I the, love that. I didn't, I just kind of glossed over that. Okay. But. That one got me hooked. Like right off the bat, it was going to be a great book. No matter what. <laughs> I love this thing. 
All right, so he goes over and uh, goes into this village, this samurai village, and then there's this, what do they call him, like the master? the Sensei. The sensei master, yes. Um, and immediately, let's just pretend the sensei master is like the best mentor you ever had. Yeah. Okay? And John shows up. He's like, I'm ready to shoot arrows. And uh, the sensei master is like, in time, you'll shoot arrows. Yes. But right now, you need to chop wood and carry water. Yeah. Because as we have all the amenities that you ever want, but we don't have water and we don't have heat. And so the way we do that is we chop wood and we carry water. Yep. And John's like, but I came here to... uh a samurai. To be a samurai archer. Yeah. And, and the, sam- the, the master's kind of like, you know, that's not how we're going to do it. Like, yep. we're going to start with the smallest things and to kind of groom you to become something that you've always wanted to be. Yeah. But it's not going to be a quick process, right? And so this at this point I'm like okay I feel like this this is me. I feel like I'm John and sometimes I want to try to circumvent or try to cut corners just to try to get something as quick as I can. Yeah. Okay. So let's just start because early on in John's kind of time there the um what's the guy's called? What's the, the sensei? The sensei. Thank you. I should just write it down. Sensei. Um sensei says to John like Hey, do you know how a bamboo is grown? And John's like, no, I don't know. And the sensei ends up telling him that many people don't ever get to the point where they can see the bamboo grow because they just lose heart. They don't want to do it because what happens is roots underneath the ground need to grow before the bamboo goes up. Yeah. But once the roots do grow, it ends up uh, growing about 90 feet in six weeks. So pretty quickly. Yeah. But it takes about five years in order for them to see the bamboo grow. And many people don't get to the five years because they're like, it's broken. It's done. It's It's not not working. working. Yeah. Done. And I'm like, oh, man, like this is my book. I needed to hear this. Um, And and so I just think that's a great lesson because you need to be disciplined in the things even when you're not seeing progress. Yeah. Keep watering because you know it's producing something that you can't even maybe see. Yep. But the byproduct is pretty sweet. So I was telling this to somebody because, like I said, I'm pretty excited about this book. And somebody's like, have you heard about the Hawaii bamboo? Oh, okay. I, I haven't. Well, m- many of you may know, Hawaii had a huge fire. And there was a, some special, like, famous bamboo there in Hawaii that got smoked by the fire. Okay. Guess what's still standing today? The, the bamboo. bamboo. Yes. Yeah. Why? Because the infrastructure of roots that's created before has withstand even the fire. So I was like, this is awesome. So that was one part. But yeah. there's a lot of stories in this. And like every chapter is kind of its own little lesson. Yeah. And every chapter is like, I'm telling you guys, it was like, I needed to hear this. Yeah. I needed to hear this. I needed to hear that. So what's one chapter that you remembered or what oh, lesson? Yeah. So it's lessons. Cause I, it's been a little while since I've read it. Like, But I've read it. I, so I like this book so much. I listened to it twice. And guys, if I read a book, it's a big deal. So I don't know if you guys know, and right. I'm just going to share it with everybody. Like I'm dyslexic. So re, if I'm going to sit down to read a book, it's big. Yeah. So uh, I read it. So I've gone through it three times, but it's been a little while. So I don't know what chapter, but the first one that hit me was the ice climbing. Mm. Ice climber. Mm-hmm. Because... And I feel like a lot of people are here, or maybe it's just me. It's okay if it's just me. But like, 
it's we all just look at the top of the mountain where we want to be. Mm-hmm. We're going on this journey of whatever you're taking off on. Like so, ours is like growing the business, and you know, I I just oh, I just sit there and daydream. I just can't wait to like be at the top of the mountain where you're yes. successful. You got yes. your full book of business. Yep. You know, everything's going great. And I always just like think about those days. You know, but in the the way that the sensei explains, he goes, oh, it's like an ice climber. Mm-hmm. They cannot look at the top of the mountain because right. if they look at the top of the mountain, they're dead. Mm-hmm. They have to be so focused on their next step. Yep. One step after the next. Yep. They can't focus on the, the top or else they're going to fall off. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh. It's like, that's the importance of just focusing on what's in front of you and being there in the presence like yes. of the, the right now. Right. So that was mine. What about what was the one? Yeah. I mean, so there's a couple of things. So one thing that he goes to the sensei and says is like, "Hey, listen, sensei. What if, like, I continue on your program here? Like, oh, how long does it take me to be a samurai archer and be the best?" And the guy's like, 10 years." He's like, "Okay, fine. Although longer than I thought, but." Okay, what if I stop chopping wood and carrying water? Like, let's just, all those chores. Just let's stop the chores. Let's move on to just shooting arrows. Yeah. And the samurai goes twenty years, and he's like, "I don't think you understood me." You know, like I he do freaks out. Stuff. Yes, and he's like, "So what if I just focus solely on the archery?" And samurai is like, "Yeah, probably thirty years." Yeah. And he's like, "Okay," and just freaks out. And the thing that I thought was really cool was when just the the demeanor that the writer was talking about the sensei, like he was gracious with him. Yeah. I understand. But like there is something about just the repetition of doing something that you haven't even loved to do will get your mind in the right place to be able to do the things you want to do. Well, guess what John doesn't do? He does what Philip would have done and like not listen. Yep. So he goes out to the archer and always just keeps shooting, keeps shooting, keeps shooting. And uh, he hurts his arm Yep, because he's been shooting too much. And so the sensei goes to see John and he's like, hey, how are you? And, you know, John's upset, depressed, frustrated. Can't shoot for a long time. Can't shoot for a long time. And the sensei's like advice was amazing. And this one I was like, oh, man. Do you remember what he said? No, I don't. He says, listen, I want you to have an identity that's outside of just being an archer. Oh, yeah. I want you, you're like a child of God. You're not just an archer. Like, that's what you do, but that's not who you are. Like, yeah. who are you? And, you know, this is who you are. And you're not this. And I thought, how many people, even in this uncommon journey, feel like their their identity is caught up in what they're doing? Yes. Not who they are. And so, oh, I was like, come on now. Because, one, I saw myself a lot in John. Um, but really good lesson. Yeah. Um, and I love just the... The, okay, I'll let you talk because I have one more thing. Okay, that I, just to talk I know. About. Like, so another one in there because that was that was the other big one I hit. So you just said that one, but I'm glad I thought about the this other one. Is John was out there? He's shooting arrows or something. He's doing. It's getting dark or something, and basically he tested his sensei. Like, well, <laughs> no. So he this because I just read it. He was yeah. like. The sensei was trying to like pour into John. Yeah. And finally, John is like, you're just old and washed up. Yes. Basically. This was it. Yes. <laughs> and, and so the sensei 
graciously was like, hey, come back at 10 o'clock tonight. Yes. And so John does, comes back at 10 o'clock, and he thought he was going to get beat or like sent away. Yeah. He was like, I should never have talked to him like that. And the respect there. like, I, Yeah. The sensei comes with two, two arrows. Go ahead. Yeah. I'll let so, you okay. Did, wait, did John have to shoot one? No. No, no okay. No. So, like, it's pitch black, though. It's they, pitch they, black. They couldn't even he goes, see the trail. I'm going to shoot, like, he goes, you can't shoot the, like, you don't, you can't even see the target. Right. Well, he comes with two arrows, and John's like, why is he bringing arrows? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. But I just remember, like, the sensei, he shoots him, like, far, the farthest target away. And he goes, and John's like, it's not going to hit it. And all they can do is, uh, he does is, here's a thunk. It hit the target. Thwap. Yeah. So and so he's just like, what? Yeah. And then he goes into explaining like how this repetition over time and taking right. your time and following the process and yes. like creates this like just un just like parable like amount of like ability to do yeah. these crazy things, right. even at his like age, but he's been at it forever, you know. Right. So Yeah, and the confidence that he had to just go bring two arrows. And not just one, because that could be lucky, but two. Oh, yes. And he okay. puts one right in the other one, kind of like the old, uh, what's the, Robin Hood, where he splits the arrow. Yeah. Basically, cause, that cause happens. Do they, they walk down and see it, right? No, no. John sprints to the target. Yeah. Because he was like, nah, this didn't just happen. Uh, but I do think there is some, some things, like I would say in my life, just like scuba diving. If you train enough, like something happens underwater, you just react. Yeah. And that's kind of what the sensei was showing him. It's like, Hey, I've trained my body and my muscles this whole time. Another thing that I think was neat was, uh, John, when they finally did start shooting arrows, it was like seven yards away or seven meters away, which isn't very far. And John's like, come on now. And he's feeling confident. Like, okay, first the sensei is like, we're going to focus on your standing. And John's like, I've been standing my whole life. I'm good. Thank you. He's like, no, we're going to focus on that. So always this patience, buddy patience grasshopper yeah Uh, but and then at one point he was like okay i've gotten this target let's go to the big dog and the sensei moves his like elbow even a half an inch and it misses the target yeah and his point is like you moving just barely here shoots this off completely off target yeah so what a perfect example and i think our own lives this uncommon journey it doesn't take much to get off kilter no and i would say 95 percent, if not 100 percent, is going to get off kilter at some point yeah so who do you have in your life to be able to point you back in regroup redirect you yeah in your own path anyway so i love that part okay i have one more that i loved okay um and again i'm really highly suggesting every one of our clients every person that wants to go down this uncommon path to listen to it because it does get daunting. This uncommon path gets daunting. And at times I needed to hear this. And it's funny because we've done a podcast about my family and I walking and hiking up a mountain. Remember this? And how I was like maybe a quarter way up the mountain. I was like, I can't wait to get to the top and like not even being present. And all of a sudden God like kind of remind me like Philip, focus on right now. Yeah. Know, don't worry about the top of the mountain. Focus on now. So I feel like God's done a really good job of being super p- patient with me, but I, this book is helpful. Yeah. Okay. So my last thing that the sensei, after 10 years of John being at this place, the sensei says, Hey, I want to, I want to let you know that you have a lot of wisdom, that wisdom that you didn't have before. Yes. And now you have it now. And I want to make sure that you're always a, a guest to people and not a pest. Yeah. And I'm like, John was like, what's that? 
Um, and so the sensei's description of this was 90% of the people that you'd go talk to just wants to be seen and heard. Yep. That's all they want. They don't want your wisdom. Yeah. And so don't give them the wisdom if they don't want it. It's being a pest if you're doing that. Yeah. Just pestering people because they're not going to listen and they're not ready to it. They just want you to be seen. They just want to be seen and heard basically like appreciated and loved. Yep. Fine. But for the people, the 10% that ask you your advice, then you can give them your wisdom. Yeah. And then he said something that I think is even even more. He's like, I've been pouring into you and giving you wisdom because of the circumstances you came here to learn from yeah to be so that was my reason of always pouring into you and giving you my wisdom but i want you when you go out to be a guest to people not a pest yeah i thought that was super good it's so good i yeah because we just i just finished the book up it's over a long time because i've been listening to it with my daughter because i wanted her to listen to it but that i remember that hits me so much harder now Mm because people are like come to you and they like they have a problem yep and with us, I mean, just me and you at nature, like we want to help people. So it's like, yep. well, hey, let, and you start ripping off things that they could be doing to help. And like, they don't want like it. the sense they don't want that. They just want you to listen. Yep. They just want to vent. Yep. Get it out. Which is therapeutic. In and yes. Yeah, so it's fine. like, oh my gosh, I just need to shut up and listen. <laughs> yeah. Like people don't care what I have to say. Yeah. You know? So it's like, um, it's such good advice. I did like the one other thing I thought was really good in that book was when it was really cold out. Oh yes, rainy. Yeah, he's yep. like, I'm already training in this. Like, yes, I can't shoot. Yeah, and like he was having a hard time. John couldn't hit the target and all these things or something like that. Yep, and he kind of was whining about it. And the sensei's like, look, if you want to be a samurai, like you got to be trained in all right conditions. Right, you got to be able to like your fingers. Ha- you can't wear these big warm gloves and pull back the arrow. Like you right. got to be able to do it. Right, no matter when. Yeah, his point in in that that I took out of it was. Listen, you would rather be under scrutiny here right now in bad conditions than under the spotlight when you finally have to do it. Yeah. Right. And so your training falls to your what did he say? Something about like your your lowest performance falls to your highest training or something like that. Yes. So like we need to train to the worst because when you pull back, you want it to go to the, the highest of your training versus yeah. like I want to peak performance and I really want to do awesome. And then, but you haven't trained. And so you can only maybe do that for so long and then your training lacks. And so it falls down. Yeah. Oh man, it's, it's good. There's so many principles on there that I feel like are just really good. Yeah. Really good for life. Really good for character. And like, this would be a book that I would, I'm going to put on when we're driving someplace. Cause it's only three hours long. Yeah. It's not long. I should mention that. And so when we're driving like with my family and just having a good conversation, because like you said, this is kind of an uncommon path to this world that we live in today. Yeah. Falling victim to things and um, just but, wanting things right away. Yes. You know, so, like, and not understanding like there's a lot of things that need to be done that you don't want to do. Like John did not want to chop wood and carry water. Do any of it really. Yeah. He, yeah. Didn't want to do it. he wanted to do the one thing he loved and that was the, he wanted to shoot arrows. Yep. You know? And so, but by the end, he learned to love it. He respected it, right? Yeah. And like, that's the thing that at the end of the day, like, I want to be just very happy in watering the bamboo. Yeah. And let, let God sort out the rest. Yeah. And, and can I take joy in the smallest of things, knowing that those little things 
although be great in and of they might not be great in and of itself, but over time those things add up to something that's way bigger than yeah. I could ever create. And so there you go. Chop wood carry. Guys, tell, I gotta tell you this because I think the listeners will think it's funny. But so I remember there was a podcast we were doing a while back, and we're talking about um, that's a game day, or maybe we, well, maybe it was a podcast. We were just talking, and I think I had just like finished the book again, like at some point, or it was like the the follow up to this book because the guy, this author, has a few of them. Yep. And I'm like, this is why me and Philip work so well. I was like, because Philip, like you love game day. Oh yeah! Oh man, game day! You are pumped. Uh-huh. Like you're ready to go, but like uh-huh. practice. You know, it's like I'm like ah, I don't need to practice. Let's game day. And I'm yep. like, but like me on the other hand, I'm like I let's practice. Let's let's let's, let's fine tune our skills. Let's practice, and yeah. then I will put off game day way too long. And it's like so we like even each other out we so do. well in that standpoint. We so because we both do the, everything we're supposed to do, but like us together, it's like it, like you get me like Aaron. Take a freaking step, shoot the Let's arrow. Go. You know, because right, right. I'd just be firing myself. I'm chopping wood, carrying one. Chopping You gotta go shoot the arrow, Aaron. It's like okay, there's a balance. There's a sure. balance. There's so it's sure. fun. Like I do think like it hit me. I'm like, man, that this is how like we really just like mesh. Like you lead well, like That's and good. help me That's do all good. that. So yeah, because I will say that you can only go so far in and of yourself, and then it takes a community around you to be like, oh wow, like you're way different than I am. I didn't even know that could be that way. Yeah. You can just shoot the arrow and just see what happens? Yeah. No, man. So thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Uncommon Wealth Podcast. I've been your host, Philip Ramsey. And I'm Aaron Kramer. Until next time, go chop some wood and carry some water. water, yeah. Love it. That's all for this episode. Brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit uncommonwealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.